Hey guys, welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. I am Mike. This is podcast number 45. I have a very special guest today. I have Mrs. Jan Mazingo. That's correct. And we are going to be having a great discussion tonight. Um, it's going to revolve a little bit around where she's come from and where she's at now. And before we get started, I just want to remind you, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube. We are now on BitChute. Of course, there's our website, www.theselfevidenttruth.com. A lot of great, exciting things going on. You'll notice Massey is not here. He is actually at the homeschool convention in Jacksonville. We've been hitting these homeschool conventions, and it's been going really well. Um, There's a lot of young adult activation at those things, and we're getting a lot of feedback. So if you guys are watching because of a homeschool convention, please let us know. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Also, um, the last podcast got some really good feedback on it, so be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. And with that, guys, we're going to get started. So how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you, Mike. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you. Todd had actually suggested, like, you've got to have her on. And and I said, well, of course, then (laughs) if if you vouch, then I'm going for (laughs) it. That's so sweet. So um, one of the things that had really caught me Mm -hmm. when when we had first started discussing path and journey and all of that was Mm -hmm. where you used to work, what you used to do how life was before really stepping into ministry with with Todd. Um, So I just want you, where were you before this? What, what was kind of the pinnacle? What was your life geared towards? Mm -hmm. You know, you were faithful growing up. I mean, I'm not going to tell your story for you, but yeah, give me a little rundown of, of where you were at. Okay. Um, well I was in corporate America for, probably 25 years before we got married. My husband was working in corporate America as well. And he went into ministry full time the month we got engaged. Was that scary? um, (laughs) Yes, because we made a lot of changes at that time. A lot of changes uh, financially, living wise, relocations, things like that. But it was good. Good. It was good and it's exciting. So I continued to work in corporate America, but mainly from home after that. Oh, really? And yes, it's only been really three years since I've stepped into ministry full time with him. So I supported him, (laughs) um, you know, always being here, but also working from home, um, staying in corporate America. So it was really 39 years I was doing that before I stepped in. So it's a lot of experience. Do you mind naming who you were working Um, for? Should I name the country companies? You can if you want to, if you'd rather not. Um, I can. I I may, yeah, if I say specifics about them, I may leave it generic, but, um, the first real experience was, I, I mean, I had, um, I started in, as a waitress was my first job after years of babysitting. So that was, you know, my background, I mean, my foundation to then come into corporate America. I moved uh, to Fort Lauderdale at 18 and I started working for Motorola. And really? my family had actually worked for Motorola since day one in the company when there were Whoa. like 50 or 60 uh, employees. My dad's aunt was the first um, corporate nurse who was also the personal babysitter for the Galvins. <laughs> so it was kind of a cool thing. And so I'm 18 and I moved to Fort Lauderdale and I, I want to get a real job and, yeah. and have them put me through school. So 
they didn't return my call, so I call up and I ask for the HR manager, and I, and I finally, he calls me back, and uh, I tell him, you're going to hire me now or later. You might as well hire me That's now. And he awesome. said, come in tomorrow. <laughs> so I realized that, you know, I guess I had some uh, chutzpah or whatever to Obviously, get things done, and he appreciated that. So <laughs> I started kind of in production, but they were able to get me into the office right away because I was pretty highly motivated. Was there, was there a position that you were really gunning for, or you just... I, want I just more. wanted I wanted a corporate job because yeah. I knew they would put you through college. And oh. actually, my heart since day one, and we can go back there at some point, was was kind of ministry oriented. Okay. But I was on my own, and I I needed I, I knew I needed to get some kind of a degree, maybe a business degree, to support myself. That makes sense. So I did that, and it took me like five and a half years, and I stayed there. I have also I worked for. Um, uh, the Citizens and Southern National Bank of Florida, okay. which turned into uh, is now Bank of America. Um, I worked for Halliburton out in Texas, and then I worked for a couple ministries as well. I worked for um, RAFA, which was a Christian counseling type program, and I marketed that program all over Florida. And I also moved to Dallas to work for Premier Designs at one time. I was their kind of first internal marketing person. Okay. So you've, you've really kind I've of run the gamut of all of around. Them. Well, it's oh, the last was AT&T. Yeah, I, I forgot wow. I was a contractor there for like 11 years. The, the Halliburton interests me because yes. I was in the oil and gas industry oh, up in cool. Williston, North okay. Dakota. So yes. I was doing okay. equipment sales and all of that. Wow. So it, oil and gas, anything in that oh, industry is it just... Phenomenal. You know, yeah. Very <laughs> interesting. You can never get bored. No, no, you can't. So many things to learn and being a female in that in industry too is really amazing How was that was it difficult for you was it smoother than people would think how you know it, how it was very that? good um when i w went to work for halliburton I, I started in dallas and i had yeah. been working in these two um christian companies for like five years and to be honest with you my thought was oh my goodness, it's so nice to go back to corporate America. They have really? rules and laws <laughs> and things to kind of just protect you and to, uh, they have a system in place where you can, you know, get paid for what you do and you can move up and things like that. And they treated me very well. I mean, okay. any of the companies I was in as a female, um, they were willing to promote me as far as I was willing to go. And I, I mean, there, it was just open opportunity. Which so you really... you. I'm not I'm not saying that women don't run into problems in terms of, of progressing mm -hmm. and making it through. Do you feel like your your experience was an exception or oh, well that's just the positive side. Okay. So there, <laughs> that's there was the challenges. major challenges yes, in there. Actually, too. um yes there was because it was it was great being a, a female and the opportunity was wide open. Yeah. But I I mean I started in corporate America what in the late seventies or early eighties. And there was the harassment issue, which I did have yeah. to, um, I did bump up to a, up against a couple of times mm. and um, nothing, you know, serious that, that ever happened. But it affected my my work and my morale. And, um, you know, I mean, I never responded, but they there would be like retaliation or something like, really? yeah. And so um, I. You know, it's just a hard thing to deal with, especially back then there wasn't a system, but I always had friends in HR. <laughs> and so somehow the word always got up the ladder and they dealt with it rather quickly because 
Um, actually, in both cases, but the first case, it could have been a really huge financial problem for them. Just the fact that no they were going through a merger and stuff like that. And <laughs> so, I mean, th- that is a challenge. And But I think maybe it would be easier for women now. I don't know if it's as prevalent. I don't know. Yeah. Did you did you notice it? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard because it's one single experience. But what I was going to ask was, did you notice it get better as you went through the years in corporate America or just yes. dynamics? Yes, yes, actually. Um, yeah, most places I was, it wasn't an issue at all. It mm-hmm. was just for me to remote, remote, oh, what isolated incidents, yeah. incis, incidences. But now even, um, you know, one reason that I'm really big on this Conquer series that we're doing here at church is because I'm very aware of that, yeah. you know, issue and, um, the more we can expose the enemy, and I, I believe there would have probably been pornography somehow involved in the background with these people, and oh, so sure. just to just to be aware of these things and kind of work together as women and people. But but they were just you know in thirty nine years two remote incidences. Yeah, which I'm very happy to hear that mm-hmm. there's very few. Yes, most isolated incidents. Yeah, most uh, places I worked in departments were very healthy and very secure. Yeah, yeah. good. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. So you you worked your way up, mm-hmm. kind of the corporate ladder. Um, what was the area that you tended to focus marketing. on? Marketing. All right. Right. So I, yes, marketing. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about marketing in major corporate America. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I knew I kind of liked people, and I thought, well, either HR or marketing. And marketing was just kind of fun to me. And I, I realized um, even in working in corporate America as like opposed to ministry, I was just really operating in my gifting. Yeah. I was operating in the anointing that God gave me and the gifting. So these creative things and the way I would see things in my head were just natural and they came to me. In fact, you know, sometimes I would have to do these major presentations to, you know, board members or presidents or, you know, bosses, even, you know, sometimes high level people. And I would just tell them what the numbers were. I could tell them what the the projections would be for the next year or five years because it was just a gut instinct that I had. And then they say, no, 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 we need this in a report. You you have to put this in writing. I'm like, where do I get that from? Oh, I got to (laughs) work. But I just know what it is. Why do I have to do the work? You know, so it would it would it would be frustrating to me because, yeah, I just had a feel for it. It's just something that I have a feel for. So I would tell them what it is, and and, and it, it became where, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. That's what it's going to be. But then when I had to put it on paper and reports for people, then it was, you know, work that I didn't really enjoy doing yeah. as much. But but I love it. Um, I, I liked it. But it, it's kind of... Um, there's a part of me that always wanted to live like very simply and you know, that type of thing. And yet I'm always like, then you're about stuff and trying to sell stuff. But anytime I was uh, like in sales or marketing something, it had to be something that I loved or really believed in. Thank you. Because I've I've done a lot of different sales positions. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really struggled with was either a service that I -hmm. didn't feel um, consciously or, or my conscience Your wasn't, con- mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't a bad right. service, you know, but right. I've, I've been in industries where mm-hmm. they basically tell their salesmen, you know, skirt how you tell people sure. s- certain stuff in order right. to get the sale done. I mm-hmm. just can't do that. Right. Or 
stuff that's not up to par or something that I just don't care about, it's very difficult for me to sell it. Right. If if I'm exactly. very passionate about it, right. then it's easy. Is it Absolutely. this is why you need it? You know? Right. Um, so did you were you able to kind of navigate with that? And yes. If if it was something like neutral, um, I could at least like do my job and do it well. Yeah. Um, but if it was something that really helped people, for instance, when I worked for Rafa and I was um, letting churches all over the state know about this wonderful counseling program that we had and people could help. Great. Um, when I uh, sold insurance and I was doing financial planning people for people and I could get them out of debt quickly. I was so passionate about That's it because I, I just love to change their lives and just bring, you know, freedom and relief. Yeah. So it really um, always kind of felt like ministry anyway. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lord's hey. putting those skills in there. Yeah. Right? So, right. <laughs> and then, you know, working in the church now, it's sort of like most people that come in are believers or they're seeking, you know, they're coming looking for something or whatever. Um, but out there, you were talking to everybody and anybody. They weren't necessarily believers. So you got, I got to work with like a real diverse group of people, which was kind of nice. And sometimes I miss that because I'm focused more on the people that we minister to the people that come in the church. Generally, I'm not as much out there beating the streets or beating the pavement. Which I miss sometimes. I miss miss that. You miss getting out there and Mm -hmm. and connecting with those those people in their environment instead of just, Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so you had corporate America Mm -hmm. and then walk me through the next step. What, I mean, obviously corporate America moving up the ladder, things are going well. It sounds like career was doing well. It was fun, you know, financially, I'm sure it wasn't a big issue, you know? No, it was was great. Um, when I met my husband, it was, oh, I don't know, 17 or so years ago. And, um, I was living in Houston. He was living in Dallas. We actually met online. I met my wife online. Did so, you? Yep. I didn't know if you knew that. So some people know. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't oh, did you know? know? You didn't know that? I didn't know that about oh, you cool. guys. Though, I, so. But, you know, I, I worked a lot um, on the Internet. The last uh, probably 20 years um, in business was working a lot on the web and marketing things like yeah. through the Internet. So um, it was like a natural path. But here I am at the very height of my career. I mean, at the pinnacle. um, In fact, we had a dual headquarters. We had one in Dubai, Dubai and one in Houston. And they were like, "Okay, well, you can go live over there for two years and do the Dubai thing for two years. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool. A cultural thing. But I came home from work on a Friday evening that was a Labor Day weekend. I'd been in Houston a little over a year. And the Holy Spirit just says to me, get online. And I'm like, what? No, I'm in this huge church with 260 singles. My life is great. Lord, you've got to be kidding. Do this to me. No, not that. Seriously, that's what it was. So uh, so I was like, I better do it. Because at least I heard from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So I thought, okay, I'll do this. So I searched Houston and it's like, oh all oil guys. I'm like, I'm not marrying into the oil field. Nope. (laughs) But see a little side note here. Um, all my life, I really knew there was some kind of a call to ministry. And my mom, uh, reminded me even several times while I was growing up, you know, when they dedicated you as a baby, um, they said, Hey, she might even be a pastor's wife one day. And so she would tell me now. So I would have this feeling sometimes 
And I don't know if it's just that I had the feeling or I remembered her saying it, you know, several times over my life. But when I was 12, I definitely had this like, you know, epiphany, epiphany moment where it's just like, ugh, you know, you're going to be a pastor's wife. Was, was that an epiphany of like... Just a, a realization. Or, uh. Well, it was it was a good one because, well, our pastor's wife at the time, we actually resembled each other. People thought really? we were sisters and um, or we looked like we could have been sisters. Yeah. Her name was also Jan, by the way. <laughs> so it was... This, so I had a great role model and I thought, wow, that's, that's really cool. But it was like a voice I heard in my head and I just, you know, it's something I didn't really want to tell anybody because... You know, it just didn't yeah. seem like the thing most people were aspiring for. So I kind of kept it back there in the back burner. Um, and then when I graduated from high school and all, I just didn't, I, I kind of wanted to go down that path. There were a couple of paths I had interest, but it didn't really work out for yeah. me. Um, so I just thought, well, I'll, I'll go down this business route and I'll be, you know, whatever. And if the God opens the door, he does. Because it's not like you can really make that your path, right? Yeah, exactly. God would have to open the door. So here I am, um, 40 years old, down in Houston, and, you know, I meet this guy online, and he's in full-time business, but he sang on his worship team, and he had a heart for ministry. When I had read his profile, I was like, ugh, God, if you ever give me a guy like this, I will be like forever grateful <laughs> and i remind myself of that amen. every time i get frustrated amen. <laughs> but it was good so that was um kind of then how the shift began yeah so you meet him online mm -hmm. you guys are doing well yes was was there a feeling of as as you progressed and it starts looking like okay we could move into full-time ministry now what was going through your mind at that point was it kind of a cold feet scenario or a let's dive in scenario? I think um, ministry, although he was in corporate America, his heart was for ministry and that was evident. So that was, yeah. that like drew us together and we're actually a lot alike in a lot of ways. I mean, I am the introvert, he is the extrovert, but just how we think and all, it's alike. We don't even have to talk sometimes. So we're a lot mm. alike. Um, but there was just that common draw, like we knew we would be in ministry. Okay. So we dated almost a year, I think 11 months before we got engaged. But the month we got engaged, he started in full-time ministry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just <laughs> like that. Exactly. Just like that. Let's, let's, yeah, relocate and just jump in, jump so in. Everything changed at once, right? Right. And, and I had never been a mom. I mean, I had always yeah. wanted to be a mom and is really cool because I really liked like girls, little girls and stuff. And I got two and they were six <laughs> and eight when we married and uh -huh. life just did a 180 and it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So how did you, how did you handle that change? I mean, that's, that's a lot of change all at once. Career, family life, home, moving, right. kids, you know. Like yeah, it's just like kind of hang on for dear life. But, <laughs> um, you know, as a newlywed, having never married, married at 42, yeah. you're just so excited and enamored with the whole thing. You just are, you know, it was just great. And it was a lot of fun. And the girls are great. Uh, Todd's a lot of fun. We had so much fun. We just we really had a lot of fun. Good. And that's pretty much we were just having fun. Amen. Yeah. So you guys, you guys start moving forward, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Having lots of fun yep. and, and getting into ministry. Right. Tell me about the process of, of what God did in terms of 
bringing out your calling in you? And I hope that's a clear enough question. But, you know, like, Mm -hmm. just tell me about that process, because it is a shift from going, you know, you have Mm -hmm. ministry in your heart. Right. And you go from corporate America where it's it's achievement driven. It's it's, Mm -hmm. you know, structured, structured. There's Mm -hmm. there's structure, there's laws, there's Mm -hmm. um, hierarchy. There's Mm -hmm. kind of a very clear path of, okay, I do this, this and this. Right. So just kind of. I'd like to hear about what God did in, in that transition right. stage from corporate to ministry. Right. Mm. Um, well, you know, the the thing he had put in my heart was I would be a pastor's wife. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm kind of off the hook. <laughs> There's nothing that I have to do specifically except help, right? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, you know, that worked for a while. And and, I mean, I was always with him at church and the girls and there were things we were involved in. Like he would teach a class and I would be involved, but I didn't do things really on my own or separately. I never took on a ministry or any anything. Um, And it really wasn't. Well, probably at our last church, it was kind of like, hmm, there's going to be a point real soon here of stepping up and stepping out. And I'll have to tell you, it was pretty scary for me because um, you know, we've been in several churches and this church revived church is our third church plant. Mm. So when you're planting churches, the first few years are the hardest. And so my working, um, always brought like a lot of stability. It was kind of always our plan B and the financial stability and that type of thing. So it felt risky. It felt a little bit scary. And then also like I became a mom you know, when the girls are young, but I didn't like kind of gravitate into it. I felt like I had less experience as a wife or mom than most of the people, you know, at church. So especially becoming a mom later Later. in life, you know, Mm -hmm. where a lot of people, they become a mom younger, early 20s, mid 20s or whatever. How did uh, how'd you work through that? Didn't just hold on for dear life. I just, <laughs> yeah, well, the f- I, I always kind of had an interest in inner healing. So okay. I kind of was getting that up and going and I had a little bit of background with it too when I worked for Rafa. So that was yeah. kind of fun and easy. And, um, we had people to run it and that type of thing. Um, and then there came a day where my husband's like, we need a women's minister. And I'm like, what? Oh, not that. I'm like the <laughs> least qualified. Are you kidding me? I've only been married like whatever, 10 or 12 years. And um, so, it, you know, I just jumped in. Yeah. And, um, and and prior to that, I really helped him a lot with the marketing and ch- building and stuff, yeah. especially at our former churches. We were talking about that earlier. Just, you know, some of those skills and business skills can help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was the spiritual things that I was like, you know, I mean, I knew I was grounded because I was brought up in a church and a believer. So I had a good foundation. But I was like, but how do I help people? Yeah. Because I feel kind of grounded and a lot of common sense. But, you know, when I see these things like happening out there for a lot of people that I have no experience with, I'm like, I don't know. I just, you know, I just cling to God and, you know, yeah. I stay in my word. And so it's and that's. <laughs> Because there, you're a you're a logical person. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of reason. Mm-hmm. You you understand process. You're right. driven, right? Mm-hmm. So, right, it can be difficult when you see somebody who's 
right. making a lot of wrong choices. And it's, it's right. at some point it's kind of like, how are you doing this? <laughs> Why? Well, you know, and, and not that you exactly. don't care about them or want them to do better, no. but it's, it's, it's not yeah. my DNA or my mindset. And yeah. I, and I realized, <laughs> right. Like when I grew up, it was like, well, I, I want to do as much as I can to make my life easy, not difficult. Like yeah. I don't want to walk a hard path. So I want to keep as many obstacles and problems out of my life as, as possible. Which is good. You, you know, so, right. So I don't have so much to deal with or stress with. And obviously I was self-motivated, pretty self-motivated. Yeah, so it's sure. not like we don't struggle or I haven't struggled, but I tend to be able to get myself out of it pretty quickly. And, you know, I, you know, stay with the Lord. And I, so, so when I do see people struggle, sometimes I'm like, I, yes, do I don't know what else to offer them, but what I do. <laughs> do you, are you the type of person that you find it pretty easy to snap back? You know, if, for the if, most if part. If you've got a struggle or, or whatever, snap back into the I would say for process. the most part, but I will say, um, yeah, and um, there are some, like, uh, what would I say, like deeper level problems or things that, per, you know, things especially with relationships uh, will be more challenging to yeah. me, like the black and white structural stuff, you know, we'll yeah. deal with it, whatever. But when it comes to relational stuff or people stuff, um, it, it's harder. And so what has inner healing taught you about that? Because <laughs> oh, inner goodness. healing is such a right mm-hmm. relational right. aspect. It, it's really good. And, um, you know, we still work through stuff. It never stops. We'll be doing it our yeah. whole lives. Um, but what it's helped with is um, just to see how, f- for instance, one of the premises is whatever is happening to you now is really not the current situation. It's something that happened in your past mm. that was a similar type of thing, you know, situation or feeling, and you're actually relating to that. Hmm. So if then you can get with the Holy Spirit, and we do it through like, prayer with another prayer counselor that will help walk us through this and we hear from the holy spirit and he'll shine light on well where was the time in your past maybe you were eight or five or three some people might remember i don't know four or five (laughs) um that you felt this way and you had the similar thing and then you identify that and you're able to pull out that root and then it all kind of falls in place like dominoes all those situations in your life Mm. and the the thing that's pressing you now doesn't really press you because you just healed it back here with Jesus. How does that help you see people differently then? Um, well, I get my own stuff out of the way yeah. so that it's not, you know, causing this stuff. And then I can, you know, see it with other people too and have mercy. And um, Natalie and I were, we were talking, um, I don't know, maybe it was in one of the classes just a week or so ago about in doing inner healing really helps us have a lot of a lot more mercy for other people because when you hear the stories of what people have walked through as a child we all walk through stuff and it doesn't even have to big thing be a big thing but it could be a trauma for us but when we hear the stories of what people have walked through all we can do is have love and mercy for them and like ugh. It's, it's, God. we forget yeah. it a lot yeah. of times, you know, you're, yeah. you're driving down the street and right. somebody cuts you off. It's, it's so easy to go, that person's just a jerk as opposed to that person has trouble in their marriage. And There's a lot of pain there, right? There's a lot of pain. You have mm-hmm. no clue what somebody else is walking through. So exactly when you start to see, mm-hmm. okay, I've had all this in my life. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder what other people have had to build up to that in their life. You know, there's exactly there's a few personalities that I've dealt with in the past or am dealing with now that are extremely mm-hmm. difficult personalities. And right. the the more I find out about those personalities, the more mm-hmm. I find out of, you know, dynamics in their past that make a lot of sense to why the w- they are the way they are. Right. And you're right. I think it creates a mercy for somebody because mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, okay, they mm-hmm. they have put up with a lot. And right. Especially during foundational years, you know. It, it, if you're right. five years old and you have a huge traumatic event, Mm-hmm. sets up the rest of your life unless you right. you know, have some inner healing on it. And some people have it their whole life. They've had like no stability or security. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't always tell by looking at somebody. You know, sometimes you can say, well, they look like they've had a hard life, but you can't always tell. Mm-hmm. And the more trauma, sometimes the longer it takes. I mean, yeah. you know. And, and not to get into politics, but mm-hmm. I, that's one struggle I've had in the conservative Republican realm is mm-hmm. this idea of everybody can just pick themselves up and, and pull themselves know, up by yeah, their bootstraps, and, and right. Cha- mm-hmm. Completely change their life. Right. But you look at some of these lives that some people have led mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't blame them for being in the position they're in I know. because I of all they've been through. You know? Yes. I. So, it, and that's something mm-hmm. that it's a fine line, I think, for the church because the mm-hmm. church has to um, teach responsibility <laughs> right. and discipline, that, but mm-hmm. at the same time have mercy and grace over you know right. the struggles that people have. So exactly, you know, it's I I find that that type of aspect fascinating. Of you mm-hmm. know, how do you connect with people? How do you how do you get into their realm or their world? It know? it is hard because it's um. You know, if they're willing to work on it, yeah. then you can kind of go somewhere and it's it's easier to be in relationship and all. But they're not always, like you said, at that point. Like, for instance, here, um, I mean, we get broken people all the time, and but they have to be willing to, like, stick with it, plug in, stay here. Yeah. You, you're going to have to walk through pain. You're going to have to, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's the hard thing, It you know. Yeah, I've... And, I've Oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, I've used the example of Christ and the, the rich man. Mm-hmm. And he tells the rich man, okay, mm-hmm. you've done all of this, but right. give up all of your possessions and follow me. Mm-hmm. And the young rich ruler goes away grieving. Mm-hmm. And I always found it interesting that, that Christ didn't chase after him. Mm-hmm. He didn't run after him going, hold, 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 hold on, come right. here. You right. really want to give all this up and follow me. Right. But it was a, I've given you the decision. I've given mm-hmm. you the choice. Mm-hmm. You've chosen right. possessions mm-hmm. over following me. Um, and mm-hmm. not that we don't, not that Christ doesn't pursue and not that mm-hmm. we don't pursue people. But right. it's, it is that that point of somebody's going to make a decision and you have to allow them <laughs> that the free freedom, will. The yeah, free the will, freedom. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's what we pray and intercede and pray that the time will be right for yeah. them to do it. I mean, we get a lot of homeless here sometimes, and we do have things for them. We have programs mm-hmm. like even Good Samaritan Ministries up in Port St. Lucie is excellent, and they'll take people, um, but they don't always want to get off the street. 
you yeah. know, and and I and you can understand some of that. They've they've got a lot of freedom. They they would they would get back on their feet, but there's things they would have to get up give up to get there too. It's it's a walk. It's a hard walk. It's yeah. but I, I love that we're a church that does reach the broken and has really resources pretty much for you know, most needs in that area. And if not, we can certainly refer. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um what are along that vein, what are some of the goals of Revive Church? Like how do we see putting that that type of mission forward in, in place. the area? <clears throat> yeah. We've had a heart for it. Um and we've probably had the inner healing ministry maybe four years. Yeah. Um, so what we really wanted was to raise up leaders so that we could grow and yeah. it, it can exponentially grow, you know, so not to be bottlenecked with, you know, one or two leaders that are the only ones that can help people. Yeah. So in the last couple of years with, with Chemo and Natalie being here, we've been able to train up a lot of leaders so it gets bigger Absolutely. and bigger um, to the point where we've always, if we open it up, we have churches coming out of the woodwork one wanting to receive this type of help. Mm-hmm. So we haven't quite been to that point, but we're getting close to that point. Like we have the inner healing Saturdays and yeah. people can come and kind of experience what it's like. And once they get a taste of it, then they're going to want to, they're going to want to experience it. They're going to want more. It's like giving yeah. them a couple of, of water. It's like, Oh, I want more, <laughs> you know, give me, give me a gallon. Um, so to be able to, um, share it with other churches and just the community in general. And it, it really dovetails well with our physical healing ministry because we pray for people and see them healed every week. Well, the same with emotional healing. We pray for people and see them healed every week. And then we have, you know, these additional tools that we can walk through. So I only see it it growing and I see reviving kind of a prototype, um, of a type of church that would be able to have all these offerings. Amen. Yeah. That's I, w- I want to prod that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so both of you came from corporate America, mm-hmm. uh, management, uh, hierarchies, all of that leadership. Right. It, mm-hmm. it, it's very integral to corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get into the church world mm-hmm. and there's a lot of churches that go, OK, pastors in charge. What do we do, pastor? And, and right. almost a, a, like you'd say, one or two leaders as opposed mm-hmm. to having a large group of leaders. Right. Um, do you, obviously the Lord has helped bring this insight through. Do you guys mm-hmm. feel like you pulled a lot of experience from corporate yes, America? Yes, I'm glad you asked that because that kind of really puts the whole talk together, the corporate America and the church uh, work field. Um Part of it is just like being able to replicate what we do and knowing that you can just replicate this. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a skill. Like every skill we've used out there, we have used here. There's yeah. nothing that went for waste. You know, it's Amen. just all applicable here and maybe in some different ways, but it's all applicable. And just um, for me, a lot with organization and, you know, bringing structure so that yeah. if, if you're going to grow, we're, I don't know how, big we are now, but we're maybe at the 550 mark or something. If we're going to double or triple in size, we've got to have some foundational things in place to be able to, you know, to to grow, you know, the leadership, to be able to replicate um, and have all these programs expand at the same rate. But but mainly the leaders developing good leaders. And and I 
I think about Moses and, you know, mm-hmm. father-in-law tells him, look, you can't handle all of this on your own. Right. You've got to have people who are over tens, who are over hundreds, over thousands, right. you know, like mm-hmm. have the system of leadership mm-hmm. because it's going to make it much easier. Right. And I think the, the way revive is doing it is, is exactly what I picture in my head of like the best way to, to grow and spread mm-hmm. out. Yeah, Christ. Healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not a cult of personality at the end game. It's, right. It's growing into mm-hmm. smaller groups that go out and get bigger. And you know, Christ trained up the disciples, and then the the what was it seventy and mm-hmm. sent them out into the right. world in pairs. Mm-hmm. And and kind of this. Okay, I've trained you up. Now go out and and work with what I've trained you and come mm-hmm. back and we'll work again and then I'll send you out again and you right. know, um and I think what revive is doing is an amazing thing of leadership is very important mm-hmm. leadership is is vital of having healthy leaders and one of the mm-hmm. things that I've told people that is extremely unique to revive mm-hmm. the strength of the men mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of churches wow. where the mm-hmm. men are the Men as leaders is just mm-hmm. not there. It's right. a very kind of loose, everybody's doing their own thing, whereas mm-hmm. Revive, it's very focused. Mm-hmm. And not even that there's this overabsorption or overfocus mm-hmm. on men, mm-hmm. but it's healthy to where, okay, the men are becoming leaders. The men are united in, in their mission. Right. The rest mm-hmm. of the church is healthy because right. of that. You know? Right. And as the yes. men grow, the church grows and then mm-hmm. they spread out and they right. you know, start new things. So I just I want to commend you guys for that. And I don't know how how uh, conscious you were of that or or, you know, being faithful to God and, and God's putting mm-hmm. things in place. But <coughs> I want to commend you on that of mm. the, the men in this church. Mm-hmm. We all have our problems, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a healthy situation and it's, it's improving day mm-hmm. by day because and of the focus, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And there's a lot of good leaders. Um, yeah, and the ladies, absolutely. yeah. And the ladies, we just studied the book of acts in our, our last study in the spring, which was to me just really powerful to kind of remind me, yeah, this is how it was started. This is how mm. it was done. This is what we're doing here. So, you know, my husband is a Bible man. Yeah, I mean, just, absolutely. just really strictly <laughs> the Bible. So, um, it's going to be the closest that we know to what the Bible says about how it grows. But I, I think we've just, um, you know, even in our backgrounds in corporate America and here and in, in church and ministry, we have had the favor of the Lord. We Absolutely. have always had the favor of the Lord and we walk in righteousness. We walk righteously in mm-hmm. integrity and in character. Um, and so I think that he's just this whole men thing has just happened. And it's yeah. just the men <laughs> have raised up. I don't know that it's anything we really did, Amen. but the men that are around, you know, the you know, Terenzo and, yep. you know, Paul and, and they're, they're just rising up and doing it. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I get, um, some pushback sometimes because mm. like when I was in corporate America, I never like had to push my way anywhere. I just had favor and I just walked it and every, you know, everything went, went well, you know, it yeah. went well. 
Um, and I find the church, the same in the church. I just feel like if you're faithful to the Lord, he raises up his servants. You know, we operate Absolutely. in humility. So he raises us up. So I, I'm not one of these like women liberers that oh, I've got to fight my way to the top or yeah. kick and claw or just, you know, make myself known. Give me a microphone. I need a pulpit. I'm not one of those. In fact, I didn't want it. You know, yeah. this. Um, but um I really believe in the health of the men because I've been watching it for, you know, 40 or 50 years and our men need help. And like you said, if the men are strong, everything else will fall into place. Absolutely. So if we take care of our men, we're not going to have any problem with yeah. our women and children. Yeah. And that's the, that's that's one of my passions mm-hmm. that, that comes out a lot is what is the state of men mm-hmm. in the church, in society, right. in business, you know, right. and, and as men. And it's not at all to diminish women not by at any all. means. You know, um, right. But as men weaken, as men lose mm-hmm. their vision, they lose what they're striving mm-hmm. for. Right. It all seems to just kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, not to put words in a woman's mouth, but mm-hmm. I think in general, women like to have men who are driven strong and yes. strong and have absolutely. their goals, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, so I'm happy, very thankful that God's been raising that up in this church mm-hmm. and that, that you guys have mm-hmm. been um, faithful to that mm-hmm. and, and allowed that to... And it, like you said, right. it, it's kind of like God has just mm-hmm. brought this, but you guys have been faithful to it. There, mm-hmm. There's not this push against God's will on that but it's oh well God's doing this so let's let's continue it there there was such an attack on men and on the family and I always uh tuned in to focus on the family Dr. Dobson are you familiar okay I I grew up my mom loved James Dobson and focus on the family so me too and when I was single for so many years a couple of decades I used to just finally say if they would just clone him (laughs) (laughs) right because he was like the perfect godly man right just clone (laughs) him all right already so um so there was so much, you know, that I learned there and I saw and there has really been attack on the men in the family. Yeah. So that's where we have a lot of rebuilding to do. And I, and I don't think it and, and at the same time we had like from the 60s and stuff in the 70s, this, you know, Gloria Steinem and the women's lib thing. And yeah. I, I just didn't really buy into that because I, I really believe there's the balance and an order that God created it. And it's. It's like when you stay in that order and that path, you're just, you know, there's happiness and there's fruit. And we've been married, I think it'll be 17 years now, December. And it's, it's very good. It's, yeah. it's happy. It's complete. <laughs> there's fruit. It's, it's how it should be. There is no striving. There's no competing. Yeah. Which, you know, it's just good. That's interesting to me because if somebody looks at, at your past and your mm-hmm. career, they go, well, she's a very driven woman. She's very mm-hmm. career oriented, mm-hmm. which was the, the glorious Steinem mm-hmm. ultimate achievement. The mm-hmm. lim- women's lib was like pursue career, right. get your achievement in career, get your achievement in business and, mm-hmm. and then you'll be happy. Right. Yeah. And, it sounds like you saw the enjoyment of career, mm-hmm. but at the same time saw fulfillment in right. in marriage and and I, what I God always had put forth. right. I always wanted to be married and I always yeah. wanted to have children. Um, it was a path that worked for me at the time. My dad encouraged me to 
to go for business. And yeah. it was a way that I could live on my own and take care of myself. So it was good and fine at the time. But I know that some men saw me that way, like, oh, she must be really be career oriented. <laughs> so I was overlooked, I'm sure, by some very nice people because maybe I was misunderstood. But, but my heart was really for family yeah. and balance and, you know, being involved in church and ministry. Which I I love that. That's you know mm-hmm. like I major credit to you because you you didn't get enveloped in the career thing that I think eats up so many people. I mean, right. and not just women. I mm-hmm. see men who mm. I, I'm struggling a little bit in that right. sense. The striving, of like, yeah, striving. so many hours to earn a paycheck mm-hmm. to support the family that I never right. get to see because I'm always working. <laughs> it's and it, it's kind of the way it is. It's it's really yeah. turned into that where you're kind of married to your job or your career and I did work a lot of hours and as there towards the end it was very demanding. Um so but you know it's kind of what society has created and it's it's just not good and healthy for the fa- the family. So I'm hoping there'll be like a swing back. Yeah. Um are you are you, it's because you're obviously very involved with the women's ministry, mm-hmm. are you guys really having to kind of butt up against that mindset these days mm-hmm. or people waking up to it? I don't know that it's anything that's really ever even come up. I mean, we have women of all ages and we're just, we're all really pressing in and growing spiritually. Yeah. Um, I think that the women that are involved are so hungry for God that they're really the women that are caught up in the careers and other things they just don't come so hmm, good point. they don't come yeah. they're not involved they're they're doing their other thing right now yeah um, but we're, we're there for them and like you said it's really hard because um initially my husband and I we would go chase people like oh come on we're here you must stay involved stay involved and we would you know, beg and plead with people. You, you don't want to end up over there. You know, we, we, we see how your life is going to end up just career. But you, you can't tell people until they have to get it from the Lord. So I, this is what we do. I like, we work with the people that are right in front of us, that he places right in front of us. And even each, we do like in women's three new studies a year, spring, fall, summer. And I work with the women that are right in front of me and it may be different women each time, but whoever is there, Lord, that's who, you know, we're pouring into and raising up and same with inner healing and, and everything else. And, um, just who's in front of us, who's hungry, the yeah. hungry ones. And I think that that keeps your life healthy, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not putting on the burden of the people who you can't seem to pull back in. And we learned that in our past. We learned that that it, you, you can't go out after people. They just because then you, you pour, you put so much into it and you pour into them and then they just end up back in the ditch or whatever. Yeah. And they until they're ready, until they're ready. Yeah. Which it's, mm-hmm. I think that's another takeaway from this mm-hmm. conversation. And when you mm-hmm. go into ministry is, mm-hmm. I don't want to even say set those boundaries because boundary sounds like this, this dividing line. Right. Um, but having that, that realization that you can't force somebody, you know, right. before we had started recording, I had said this debate in the psychological community of, mm-hmm. You can lead the horse to water, mm-hmm. but can you make it drink? Right. Or can you only provide the water and hope that the horse drinks? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we tend to think we can force people to drink spiritual water, you know, 
And you brought it up earlier. You were talking about Jesus' model yeah. and how he did. He didn't run after people. He didn't chase people. He had his inner circle 12, which was what yeah. he could best handle. And then he went out among the people. You know, his, he had time and energy and whatnot, but he would always go, you know, and rest as well. So, um, but you don't see him chasing people. You see people coming to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, w- I want to redirect a little bit. Um, and so you saw Todd's calling, Mm -hmm. you saw your own calling in conjunction with that. Mm -hmm. Have there been times where you were, where they didn't (laughs) mesh? Yeah. Yeah. And you were kind of like, I I don't know if, you know, did you have those moments or or do you you mean more for him or me? Uh, In terms of like. Different places. He he wants to take a risk or take a ah, step, and, okay. and you know, yeah. as a wife, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I, we were talking about it with uh, you know Kimo and Natalie recently because yeah. it's like, well, it hasn't been a straight path. If you look at it, it's been like all over the place. <laughs> you know, like how did that happen? You yeah. know, because because I'm like you said, I'm analytical. I like a straight path. You know, yeah. the most direct path to get there. Um, so we made choices and, um, you know, we always were led by God. I mean, my husband first would get a confirmation in the word. And then when he really learned more to hear from the Holy Spirit, he got a confirmation (laughs) from the Holy Spirit. So I don't know. Some of the, the, the steps we've made just seem sort of like, Oh, really Lord? I don't know. But I mean, we've learned from all of them and they've all been part of the path. And, you know, even chemo was saying like, well, you know, God may see that you're going to be here at this time. It doesn't really matter what happened up to here. It was all preparation, whether it's over here, 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 yeah. which is a good way to look at it. And um, so I, I think that when Todd and I got together, um, we came from like more traditional types of backgrounds yeah. um, in our church faith, more traditional. Um, but I know, I know I was hungry for a lot more and searching and seeking. And I had seen a little bit. So, you know, we, we were a few places and it was like, it's not it. It's not it. It's not it. And um, God finally had to bring us to that pay- place. And then it was like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe we had to beat our heads up against the wall a few times. And I don't know if it's like, I wouldn't say it's bad decisions. It was just places, yeah. of, a path that God had us on. And we learned a lot either way i think almost it, i just got this picture of a kid you know those shape boxes that have like different shape cutouts mm-hmm. and they take the, mm-hmm. the little shape and try and put it through yeah. you know yeah and, and my son had one of those when mm-hmm. when he was younger and i just picture like you learn what shape it is by learning what shape it isn't you know the oh, circle can't go in the square right. can't get in the star yeah, so that's you, really good. you know and then suddenly when yeah. it does fit the circle there's this right this, you know ah this right. is it you know yeah um and i think sometimes that right. happens in your faith walk mm-hmm. too you know you, right. and i massey and i've talked a lot about that you know especially mm-hmm. in my life of like mm-hmm. oh is this no is this mm-hmm. no and I learned a lot of things right. from each of those steps. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you, you guys got to have that experience too. Of, mm-hmm. mm, nope, 
Mm, no. Right. Yes. <laughs> so then when you know and you really appreciate it, yeah. but it's, it's also yeah. kind of that thing that I believe that all people, um, <clears throat> and, you know, have this God-shaped void. Yeah. That they're absolutely. always looking for something which ultimately is God, but they don't necessarily know up front. And yeah. maybe because of their past hurts or abuse, they may not, you know, seek a father figure, yeah. you know, God. Um, so, but I think that people are always searching for something and we were searching for something that was more than what we had, but we didn't know what it was to describe it. We didn't know until <laughs> we got there. So, so we've yeah. been the most content here the last six years. Good. Mm-hmm. It, I think that's beautiful for people to remember too, is, mm-hmm. is, you guys had many of these moments that you were happy mm-hmm. and and you were faithfully walking mm-hmm. with the Lord, but now there's sounds like there's a bit more contentment right. and and mm-hmm. fulfillment of where you're at. It's like okay, right? Yeah, right. now we're right in the zone. You there, know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there was there was always good fruit, but now it's almost like it's like uh really really full and yeah. rich and just different. Almost a freedom. Yeah, you know? freedom too, yeah. And I think I I was thinking about this a little bit earlier when we were talking. Mm-hmm. The connection between, you know, you had corporate structure and everything. You guys learned all of these mm-hmm. skills that are super useful. Right. Now you're in your own church to right. where you have the freedom to use the skills you've learned mm-hmm. and, and use the talents God has given you mm-hmm. and explore the freedom of, well, we can do this and we can do that. And you, you don't have corporate structure over you saying, no, we don't have that. And, right. and no, we don't have that. Or no, we can't do that. You know? Right. You guys have the freedom of like, well, God's right. put it on our heart to start this group. So let's see how we can start and it. And so yeah. now he's the boss, he's the boss and the umbrella. So, yeah. you know, he's the sky, the, the <laughs> limit. <laughs> so there's no limit. The, the right. joy of, of being in charge or mm-hmm. having, having God in charge rather. Yeah. So. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to cover? Anything God's put on your heart to put through? Or? No, that's really, I mean, this is really cool. I really appreciate your time. No, thank the, you um, for, for coming and sitting down. I, I was really happy to have a woman who made huge strides in, once again, corporate America, yet stepped away from that for calling of ministry. But mm-hmm. it, you don't even, it doesn't sound like you see that as a sacrifice at all, which is beautiful. It, it, I had this time mm-hmm. and God asked me to step in and that's where my heart was. Do you was, mean ministry you know? is a sacrifice? Or? I think some people would oh. see that as like, I've oh. sacrificed my career oh. and sacrificed all of this mm. for ministry. And I don't get that sense from right. you. It, mm. I mean, it, it's a sacrifice if you think of like financial sacrifice yeah. maybe in some, way, some ways. But I mean, he, he gives you everything you need yeah. and, uh, you know, everything you want. So... Um, no, it's so much richer. I mean, there was, n- you know, there were many frustrating times in corporate America where I would say, oh, God, if I could just be doing something more for you than just yeah. pushing widgets or whatever. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So and, uh, there's nothing more fulfilling. I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago where they were mm-hmm. kind of lamenting being in, in the corporate world or, or you know, and 
wanting to do ministry and that kind of thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's when you see that passion in their heart, it's uh, okay. This person wants to be in ministry. God's, God's placed that, you know, and and so now it's just being patient and letting God work it out. Yep. Absolutely. um, So I want to thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for sitting down. Um, Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Please remember, we're on all of the social media stuff. I'm not even going to go through it, but be sure to check out YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Remember, www.theselfevidenttruth.com. Next week, Massey will be back, and we will have a lot of topics to discuss. So thank you so much for joining us, guys. Love you.